today. Merry Christmas, everybody. Good to see everybody this morning. Really, before I get going, I want to kick off. I want to say something. I want to introduce somebody. We have, if you know, you've been coming for a while. I told you, gave us a, a background of our church. We have a board, a board of directors that actually love our church and, and oversee all the things that's going on all around our church. And I have one of them here today. Pastor Craig Felty's here today. If you can stand, Pastor Craig, and <laughs> snuck in on me on the holidays, and I'm glad to see him on Christmas. And I'm really enjoying. Can I even enjoying Christmas now? Ready to go? Everyone done with the shopping? No. Good. All right. That means you got more time to go. Don't worry about it. You can put everything online and let them come to your house. So when you do that, I can go shopping downtown. Amen. If you've been coming a while, we've been in, in a series, we're in week three of this one, of The Promise Fulfilled. In the first two weeks, what we do, we want to pull all the hymns out of the Christmas story. In the last two weeks, that's what we did. We, did, we talked about Mary's song. We talked about the next last week, Zachariah's song, and tonight, today, tonight, this morning, we're going to talk about Angel's song, and how that was harmonious, how God has come into the planet. God came and invaded earth and changed our lives forever. And the story we're going to talk about today is very impactful, because the story I'm going to hit today is the very t- turning point of our history. And the whole idea about the sermon series is to bring us back, put things back in the center of why the reason for the season, the person of the season. So you don't lose joy and you don't lose hope. Some of us have a high time this time. Some of us are remembering some things. But the greatest thing you can remember is this. I'm here to do this because of what Jesus did for me. I'm here so I can enjoy this season to get with everyone else because of what Jesus has done for me. My, things might not be going well right now, but it doesn't really negate what Jesus has done for me. And it was a history thing that took place and we're going to be in the book of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Luke chapter 2, 8 through 14. It says this, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this, today is born, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll, be, you'll, see, you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. I ask that you not only illuminate your word, you bring revelations to our lives this morning. That we realize you are truly, as we always say, truly the reason for this season. But you are our anchor of our lives. And Father, I thank you as we unpack this story that you'll bring new revelation to people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One thing I always tell you, this is one of the greatest love stories on the planet. But it's also, when you read the Bible, sometimes you have to read like a comic book. If you were there, what would happen? And we know this, coming to this point, give you a little background, that we see that angel, that Mary was contacted by an angel, impregnated by the Holy Spirit. She's, in, she's engaged to her husband to be married, Joseph. Uh, and next thing you know, she's with the Holy Spirit. Joseph had to make a decision. Do I divorce her or do I um, um, divorce her quietly? Or what do I do? And the angel came to him and said, who she's carrying is the Savior of the world. You shall call his name Jesus. And then see God's plan on wrap here. What we're unpacking here in, this, in the book of Luke, 
talking about here that, Joe, and that Savior would come from the lineage of David. And we see that Joseph was under the lineage of David. And we, we um, come to the scene here that the Romans, who were the ones that were over the Jews, ran a census every 14 years. One for military um, practices and also for tax services. And Joseph, every person from a town had to go back to the original town and they had to register for the census. At this time, Mary and Joseph was pretty much married. And they had to take a 70 to 80 mile trek from, um, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. She didn't have to go, but he took her anyway. And what it is, you see how God was always, is always active in history. At this moment, the prophecy from 750 years prior, from Micah 2, said there will be, no kidding, a savior come out of, a uh, savior of the lineage of David come out of Bethlehem. And 750 years later, we see this taking place. But it didn't just stop there. The word Bethlehem, the name means the house of bread, which is amazing because Jesus, one of Jesus' name is the bread of life. So when you look at it, you can say, well, the bread of life was born in the house of bread. And God, in his in his in history, is designing all this to fulfill every prophecy of the coming king. And sometimes we kind of forget that because life, how many know life goes fast, especially with the internet? And say, God, can you catch up? He said, I'm already ahead of you. I knew the internet was happened back then when Jesus was born. Because I create history. I am history. A.T. Pearson says this, history is his story. And we're part of his story, which is amazing. And you see, God is always in control. Nothing takes him by surprise. He's orchestrating things in your life right now. Sometimes, some of you might say, I don't feel comfortable. Don't worry about it. Just stay there. You didn't have to wake him up. He already knows what's going on. And he always knows what's good for you. Everyone say good for you. Don't you tell it to your children, do what's good for you. Then when we become adult, we don't want to do what's good for us. Do what's good for you. And how God works, taking the very beginning of the scripture, God loves to interrupt busy people. How many say I'm busy? I've been busy this whole year. It seems like 2019 is a blur, right? To me, it seems like I just arranged the lights and the ornaments in the shed. And I had them nicely stacked. And then I, I said, I just put them away and I looked at them and said, oh, they look magnificent. And then Christmas came and now I just, I just did this a month ago. See, I got to start waiting to November to put the, the, the things up because December I got to take them back out. <laughs> but I love decorating. Miss Donna is a, I call it Donna's Creations. And she creates things, she writes it, and then we get to fulfill all her prophecy. <laughs> and it's just me and her in the house. You've seen some of our pictures on Facebook. I, we put an arch together, and we're jumping around like, what happens? Christmas brings out the kids in us. We have no grandkids yet. You can see me right. I got to tell my son. I hope he's not watching this. <laughs> anyway, and here we are putting these things together and enjoying it. The reason why we enjoy it, because I remember, I'm able to do it because what Jesus did for me. 
And sometimes we can forget about the whole season. You know, some of us get Christmas cards, don't we? Y'all get the Christmas cards? Anyone here still send Christmas cards? Wow, four people. I guess, I guess this analogy is not going to work. Anyway, that's why I pulled these out the drawer. Has some of these here. says, uh, may you have a spirit of Christmas, which is peace. The gladness of Christmas, which is hope. The heart of Christmas, which is love. This is a sermon series for next year. And you have these other pictures they send you in Christmas cards. This isn't, everyone live on, wants to live in a house with the perfect snow. And then the new thing is now you take pictures. And you send your pictures of everyone. No one stands in front of a tree anymore. This guy stands in front of a B1. Because why? The B1 brings peace one way or the other. <laughs> Jesus is peace. The B1 said, if you don't cooperate, we'll bring peace. And we won't leave nothing left. There's nothing left. Anyway. But you can get so, <laughs> I know, right? You can get, we can get so wrapped around about other things. Some of the cars we get, everyone concentrates on the manger and the snow and all the things and, and the wise men and all those things. And they forget about the very one that's in the manger, which is Jesus, which is God himself. And God in his season, while you're busy, he loves to interrupt you. And you see here, these guys were in, in their business, they're interrupted. Verse 8. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. Angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. It's an amazing thing about shepherding. It was a despised occupation in those days, a lonely occupation. They were considered untrustworthy because they were accused of stealing land from people to hire the sheep. They were out, out, neighbors, outcasts and unclean in society, the Jewish society. But it also said, they, some of the writers said, they were actually caring for the very sheep that are going to be sacrificed at the temple. Now here's a out, bunch of outcast people, not even considered a person sometimes. And guess who gets the, first, the best news first? The normal people. The insignificant people. God loves to show up in your life when you think you're feeling insignificant. Because you know the other guys in the temple getting everything ready. We have a 650 laws. The king is coming. The savior is coming to do all the work. And we look, we dress the part. We look great. And he shows up out in the field to a bunch of shepherds. To shepherds that don't, no one cares about. In fact, they're not worth anything. But he shows up and gives them everything. Over 400 years of nothing going on, he shows up there. Showed up to Mary, a virgin, teenager, basically. You're going to carry the Savior. Show up to Zachariah. I've been, I've been going through the motions in the temple. I don't, I've been praying for years. My wife is barren. It's just what I'm doing. I'm just being the religious. And, they show, and he shows up. To him versus the one who's been waiting. And show up to these shepherds. And I've seen things, because everyone says this time of year, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. How many say that? I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Guess what? God really wants to get a hold of you. He loves to show up for busy people. You know, Moses was busy, he was a shepherd. 
And God showed up after 40 years of blowing, he's in hiding out. I'm good. I have a nice wife. Got some kids. I'm good. I'm just going to be a shepherd. No, I need you to be the deliverer of my people Israel. David, his dad didn't even think he was important. He's a shepherd. Taking care of the shepherd job. Taking care of the food. Oh, my son, that one, the runt? Yeah, bring him in here. Oh, David, you're going to be king. And guess what? David, this is this lineage. You're going to have a kingdom forever. And the one that's coming out, the branch that's going to come out of that lineage is Jesus himself. Jesus himself. Oh, you're very important, David. Hey, guys, you're very important, people. You don't think you're important, but God has something amazing for you. You're very important. He showed up very important people. That's how much he loved you. He sent his own son for you. It's amazing when you look at that. Then he says this, the glory of the Lord shows up. The presence of God. The very manifest presence of God. What they say was exceedingly bright appearance. That's what they're talking about. Now, there's a movie I like with Danny DeVito when they're fighting over in the neighborhood. I can't remember the movie. And they're trying to put up all the Christmas lights and the brightest lights, and they want to see from heaven. And uh, when, they, when they put the satellite, they want to see that house come up. And he put it in there and one side, and it's a woo like this. Well, you're thinking about these, these, uh, these, these shepherds. Think about West Texas in those nice nights when you can see all the stars. And you're sitting back on your porch, or you're sitting in your hot tub, you're looking up in the air. This is beautiful. I can count the stars. And this, this angel shows up, bright. Are you going to sit there? In fact, you're going to walk on water if you're in a hot tub. <laughs> you're going to get in the car, you're heading wherever you are. I got to get out of here. And he won't let me go. He shows up like... And the reason why, God said... I got to give you some purpose for your Christmas lights. This was the very first Christmas light display you ever seen. The original. The original. What was happening here? When Amity fell, God had a plan. The gospel of his son. And he worked the people of Israel all the way through his plan to the point that the people of Israel turned on him. And he built a temple for him to stay with them where they are in Jerusalem. They turn away from God. Get down to Ezekiel chapter 10, verse 18. Ezekiel is the prophet. They see the glory of God leave the temple. The glory of God left. Now you see the glory of God returning. That's what The glory of God is coming back on earth. And then Jesus didn't just leave it at that. Jesus died for us, and he's our Lord and Savior. And he said this in John chapter 17, the glory, the glory that you have given me, Father, I give to them. And I love when we talked about last week about identity. The very glory of God that you see in there is in each and every one of us. You want to know why my head is shining? It has nothing to do with me spraying my head. But you ever meet people who love Jesus and the difference? You, you're attracted to them? They're like, a, when they walk in the building, they walk into a room and like, I got to get to know them. I got I to understand. What is that? That's the glory of God in each and every one of us that Jesus made possible when he came. Don't ever think you, you're trying to fight for something. You already have it. You already have it. That's what's amazing about that story. Shows up. And God interrupted their lives. 
And when God interrupts your life, and I hope that, you know, he interrupts it to give you salvation, but he wants to interrupt you so you know how to live for him. Now, when he interrupts your life, I don't want you to ignore him. And I don't want you to ask for instruction. You want, when he shows up in your life, you want revelation. That's number two. You want revelation. You don't want yesterday's revelation. Don't want to hear about your salvation story 10 years ago. We want to know what's going on in your life today. What is he telling you right now? What is he saying right now? And that what some preacher said. What is he saying to you? Come on now. Look at verse 10. And the angel said to him, fear not. Because he said that. Fear not. Everyone that shows up when angels show up in them days, I haven't seen God or heard God, and you angels are showing up, I'm fearing. Because we show angels on TV as these little babies. No, these brothers show up. They were tough. <laughs> I don't want no baby saving me. Fear not, for behold, I bring good news. A great joy that will be for all. Everyone say all. Now, what's all mean in the Greek? In Hebrew? In Tagalog? Come on now. They have a conflict going on, don't we? For all the people, for unto this day, this born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ, which means Messiah, anointed one, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying, lying in a manger. Verse 10 says, bring good news, which means to preach the good news of joy to all people. Pastor Rich, what is that good news? The gospel. The gospel. We sin, and God sent the Savior. God sent the substitute for what we deserve. Last time I checked, that is good news. We don't get what we deserve. I get to shop and have a great time because I didn't get what I deserved, which was death. God supplied a way. What's that's the good news? It's joy for all people, not just everybody. Everyone here should be thank you. Every day you get up in a mood of thankfulness, of gratitude. God, I can be here because of what Jesus has done for me. Not what he's doing, what he's already done. Do not judge your joy on what you're waiting on. Judge your joy on what's already been taken care of. See that? And what else? He says here, now here's what we get. Sometimes the story gets, "Ah, I don't get it. I got to tell you this. At that moment, a king was born. The baby in the manger was a king. The baby in the manger was God himself. Had an earthly father, like we all do. Amen? Had a heavenly father. The baby was not growing up to be God. It was God invading earth. It was God. You mean they birthed God? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You mean God submitted to his father? Yes, he did. Because he wants to show you what authority looks like. You mean that was, yes, it's more than a baby. That was God in the manger. And everyone was waiting for it. They just didn't know where and how. And then there's the interesting thing about it. The place where. Everyone expected, if I build the temple just nice, if I make this all perfect, he'll show up here 
and it was going to be amazing. And he shows up in either a cave or the bottom floor of a house where animals, and he's sleeping in and wrapped in a manger where animals like donkeys and sheep and horses and cattle eat out of a trough. Guys, this will be a sign for you. Now, can I be honest with you? I would have thought I ate something bad because I'm not going to go look for a king of kings, lord of lords, in a house or in the bottom of a, of a, a stable or a cave in a manger. You got to be kidding me, man. He's not going there. He's going to the big place. Really? This will be a sign for you. No, you're making this up. No, I don't make this up. I mean, I'm the angel. I don't make this up. Who would have went? Sometimes we give the uh, no one rate because you're right. Sometimes we, and we're hard on those guys back then. <laughs> we're even, we have everything that was pointing there. Even we will put our GPS. That can't be right. Just can't be right. And I don't care what Siri says. Siri, you, 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 Siri you're drunk. I'm, I mean, we're not going, I'm not going there. Why? There was no room left in the house. No room. Honey, we got no place to stay. If it's a house upstairs where the people stay, they would bring animals downstairs. Now, we do that today when hotels are starting to take pets. I get it. Sometimes the pet needs to be in the basement. But if it was a two-level house, they were at the bottom with all the animals. Here's Jesus. Oh, in fact, when you go there, guys, watch your feet. Because you know how cattle like to, they leave you landmines. Think about it. Then you show up. Don't look at the trial. Look at the king. What does the king say? <laughs> he says, I humble myself. To the right time, God exalted me. Let me tell you about leadership in the kingdom of God. You humble yourself until God raises you up. You want to be great in the kingdom? The steps go down. But they're the best steps. <laughs> I was in here the other day. Uh, we were in here. Oh, I was, what were we doing? Oh, I was mopping the floor. And I was, this is great. Because the floor does not talk back. <laughs> and then they call me. You can't do floors anymore. Yeah. I love those days. I still love I sneak away and do those days. Because I don't want to forget what got me here. Same way he got them there. No one couldn't find the king because he wasn't what they expected. And he wasn't who they expected. They were looking for the shiny chariot. Wasn't there. Now God interrupts you to reveal something to you. What was the revelation? Matthew one twenty one says this. <laughs> Rich Brown, you deserve death because you sinned. There's your penalty. Not good news. Oh, Rich Brown, there's a savior who's going to solve the problem. His name is Jesus. He's going to carry all your sin. In fact, he's going to become sin for you. And he's going to die, take all the sins of the world. Now, he opened the door for me to come closer to you. 
You didn't come close to God, guys. God came closer to you. When Adam and Eve sinned, he didn't wait up there for them to find him. He went down and got, came in the garden and started walking. So when, when Jesus died on the cross, what he did, he opened the door for God to walk closer to you. Because he couldn't come to you because of sin. But then all the sins that we raised, you can come, he can come closer. Last time I checked, that's the greatest news. I'm not getting what I deserve. No. You mean love? Yes. Mercy? Oh, my God. Then the grace to live this thing out? He didn't get anything on the deal. But me? But I was more valuable than anything else on the planet. You're more valuable than anything else on the planet. He set it up so you can have a relationship with him every single day and not feel guilty and not feel worthless and know that, and not say, I don't have the strength or the power. I don't have anything. You have all things that heaven has used to open the door for you to walk across and walk with God every single day. If that's last time I checked, that is amazing. Can we give him a praise? Which says the third point, praise. See, when you remember, not how you got, not how you were in Walmart. That's fun, <laughs> you know. And they ran out of stuff. It's okay. At least you're here to do it. Don't get too caught up in it. Well, you know, it's so commercialized. So what? God is bigger than commercials. Well, you know, they had the wrong cup. So what? Is the cup bigger than the gospel? Really, the cup. Really? Here's what you got to fight most of the time. Or in fact, all the time. You. The way you want to manipulate God to get what you want. Isn't that a problem from the garden? Let's look at it. <laughs> and suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heaven, praising God, glory, God in the highest, and peace on earth among whom he is pleased. But don't we want a God that we can tell what to do and bring him down to our image? Well, the reason why we can praise God, the multitude was singing, because it just wasn't just one name. He said Savior, Christ, and Lord. What's the first one? Savior. That's his mission. Should God know what we need? We need to be rescued. In fact, not just one time, every single day. Where's God save me from? Myself. Then the second thing is Christ. That means he is king. That's his position. He's king. That means I am his servant. Praise God. Then the last one we all have a problem because we live in West Texas. Lord, which represents authority. Authority. How many get upset when your kids don't listen to what you say? Come on. They're sitting right next to you. You can be honest. How was it getting to church this morning when they had to get up in the morning and they didn't get up? And you're saying, if you love me, you'll do what I... How do you think God feels when we don't deal with authority and we want to be our own authority? Jesus, I'm going to... I mean, when I went in the military, the very thing, mistake I made in the very beginning was this. Four days in, I thought I was doing well. And I... <laughs> I thought I was doing great, and I was really doing, and you weren't allowed to do this with your hands. I'm in New York, they talk. So I told, the, I told my T.I., hey, I'm going to go over here. Ms. Donano, you're going to go where, Ammon? Where? Then now, that was before 60 Minutes showed up. <laughs> really? 
in your face like this. You tell me, I let you go over there. You don't tell me anything. You understand? Yes, sir. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Now, that was authority I had to learn from the beginning. That was harsh authority. But don't we do that to Jesus? I'm going to go over here. You saved me because you're Savior only. I'm going to go over here because it feels right. It, t- it has to be right. Did he, say, did he say it was right? Your feelings become the new theology? No. Right? And then you, you get, then you get, I mean, you go the wrong place and then you get upset and you come back and, oh, you know, uh, no, the problem isn't hard at all. What did he say? If you don't open the Bible, you don't know what he says. If you don't open the Bible, you'll know what you say. And I don't trust myself. That's why he gave us Savior to save me what I need the most. King is Christ. Lord. Don't we do that? He has to redeem everything in your life. Write that down. Time, talent, treasure. When you say, I don't have enough to give, you haven't, given, you haven't redeemed your, your treasure. He has to redeem everything. Because you're right. When you say you can't, because you haven't given to him. You can't, but he will. The right way. You ever hear that thing, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things? What he's saying is, seek first the way I do things, and all these things that you're fighting about, you'll receive. You mean when you'll see the right relationship? You'll receive the right job. You'll receive all the things you need. Not what you want, but what you need. And he does it in a way that's just phenomenal. Me and Ms. Donna met over 32 years ago. We're celebrating next week. We weren't looking. In fact, we were just, God just made us, we had a head-on collision. How do you meet the love of your life when you just got robbed of all your clothes? That didn't seem like a Jesus moment to me. <laughs> but it's the greatest moment on the planet. You, if I write that story, you say, are you kidding me? Yeah. And I met her, and we, she didn't even like me because I was late for the meeting. And I was in charge. I didn't know I was in charge. And then we went out that evening, and she left me on Las Vegas Boulevard because I had the wrong friends. I'm like, so I got rid of friends because I wanted her. And <laughs> right? And then I said, I'm going to cook you breakfast. He said, you're going to cook me with that? Threw all my stuff out of my refrigerator. Now you're going to eat right. I said, yeah, Lord, I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> you can't make that story up. <laughs> That's the intersection of the Holy Spirit leading you. When it says a scripture in there, I'm going to read to you. Can you be led? Those guys shouldn't have showed up. I wouldn't. I'm looking for the shiny car. That's where he's going to be at. He's king. And I'm not looking for a baby. In fact, I'm not even looking for someone to make me change. I'm looking for them to change him so he can work. I want him to work for me. You know, God, some of us serve a God like that. Hey, God, work for me. Praise. Now, here it is. Verse 13, the heavenly host, the army, his army singing a hymn 
Why? They're celebrating salvation and peace, which is amazing. Now, we enjoyed our children. And we hit a moment every Sunday, you know, hit a moment when we have the perfect merge. When heaven is on earth and we're singing to the Lord and you can't even duplicate it on the sound on the soundboard. Something comes out of these speakers and you're like, what is that? And, I, and I, I'm crying. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm laughing. I don't know why. Because heaven has been allowed into our lives. And when they saw those eyes, it shone around them. A heavenly host, a whole army of God singing for us. Singing because they had joy for what God was going to do in each and every one of us. The king is here. The king, and he said that, they said, the writer said this, it just wasn't just for his people to praise him. It was for his creation to praise him. Let the rocks cry out. The heavens declare your glory. The oceans, I mean, all those things are crying, God, you are amazing. You created all this. It wasn't a big bang. You are God, when you get above the heavens, you get above the clouds, and you see the miraculous work of God. You can't deny it. And you got to praise them all the time in the midst of all the stuff that's temporary. But that's permanent. Heaven, health, heaven, and, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word and my presence will never pass away. I got to praise God every time. I do it for the little stuff, guys. I'm so happy I got two hands. <laughs> you don't understand how I you got two hands. Right? Yeah, not trying to take a shower arm up here and can't scratch nothing back here and try to walk. Oh, never mind. Let me go on. <laughs> Heavenly choir. And they were seeing us sitting here enjoying him. Let me tell you what they were singing. Let me show you what's going on. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, because this is being fulfilled. Another prophecy. He said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, that word Wonderful Counselor is not therapeutic. It's about can you be led? Can I lead you? Can I be the counselor that leads you into all the right places? Mighty God, everlasting Father means you have an earthly Father who will expire, but I'm your heavenly Father. I'm eternal. I'll be with you forever. The Prince of Peace, now of the increase of his government and of his peace, there'll be no end on the throne of David over the kingdom to establish it and uphold it. What I'm going to do, I am going to sustain it with justice and righteousness from the time forth and forevermore. And guess who's going to do all this? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. I love this. What is he saying? On earth, there'll be peace on earth because the gospel has landed here on earth. The only thing that can bring peace is the gospel. Listen to me. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You want peace? You're going to have him. The prince of peace. I have peace with God. I have the peace of God because I'm not in hostilities with God when I don't, and I don't believe in him, but I have it from the prince of God the Prince of Peace, but that gives me peace from within. And when I have men and women have peace from within, there will be no war from without. Everyone's looking at a planet today saying, seems like we're out of control. No, now you have more information than you ever need. But the only thing that's going to fix it 
It's not going to be a government because the government rests on his shoulders. In fact, this government is going to increase. Every time someone accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, new person, new, new cabinet member, the only one that can fix it is Jesus. Anything that can fix your problem of lack is Jesus. Your problem of need is Jesus. Your oppression is Jesus. Your loneliness is Jesus. The only one, the Prince of Peace. He said when the gospel hits, can have peace. And everywhere you work, you're a peacemaker. Not a peacekeeper. We pay enough people to do that. You're a peacemaker when you walk into your job. Why? Because the power of God resides in each and every one to bring the solution to that problem. I teach people all the time, if you have, an, if you have a problem, let's talk about the three solutions you should have. Why? Because you're called to have the solution, not identify the problem. So the problem in the world is nothing that what no problem is, the gospel. Well, what about the economic? No, 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 no. The gospel. <laughs> when men don't have peace, when women don't have peace, you will not have peace. You'll have war. Mm-hmm. The only way you can have true peace is you have a uh, peace with God, which leads to peace with people. Yeah. So if you offend me and you yell at me, it doesn't really matter. I understand that there's something wrong with you inside that needs, is broken, that needs to be fixed. Someone told you to hate people. Someone told you to act this way. Someone told you who you're not. The identification problem is from the gospel being not being preached. Because the gospel, if there's no gospel, there's nothing. It's us. And then we know us without God. Don't we create new things? That's why Wikipedia is so famous. There's words in there. I never heard of that word. And then new terms, I'm a boomer. So I'm supposed to hate everybody because I'm a boomer. Where'd that come from? Us? Don't come from God. Now, this story I gave you guys. Guess what? The whole thing in this story, which is amazing because the gospel is timeless. This story is timeless. In their days, unemployment was high. Life was rough for them. Oppression was hard. The Romans were oppressing the Jews. Conflict all over the place. The same thing we're seeing around us today. There, was, there were racial tensions then. The Samaritans and the Jews, it didn't matter where you go. It's going to be wherever man is without Jesus, it's going to be tension. And the conflicts were breaking out. And God said, guess what? Before this time, I'm going to create a, time. I'm going to create a fullness of time. Here's the perfect time to bring my son into the equation. Galatians 4 and 4 and 5 says this. In the fullness of time. What do you mean? The the perfect, can I say this? Perfect time. Because God's always on time. He's perfect. In the fullness of time. What do you mean? Unemployment? Yes. Conflict? Yes. High taxes? Yes. But in the fullness of time, I had come. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so he might receive adoption as sons. Last time I checked that, good news. It just makes me emotional when I talk about it, especially the adoption part. 
He, he went and adopted us. Now, have you ever been a foster kid and you've never been adopted? This word to you is major. I didn't have a father that adopted me, but I got the heavenly father that adopted me. Something new has taken place. Didn't take him by surprise. That's what he wrote. I think he wrote just for me. In the fullness of time, in the fullness of a suicide spirit, in the fullness of unemployment, in the fullness of, of loneliness, in the fullness of condemnation, I sent my son. Because that's the only solution available. In the fullness of time, when we talk about chaos in Washington, D.C., Jesus didn't leave. In fact, God's not on. He's not even like, oh, took me by surprise. No, he's doing. He's giving us opportunities to shine. In the fullness of your loneliness, fullness of your divorce, in the fullness of time, the perfect time, I delivered the one who opened up the door for me to come across and come closer to you. Couldn't do it in the garden because Adam and Eve didn't repent. So I had to create this whole plan and put someone in the middle to take care of the devil and, and, and wild the world. And he opened the door for us to walk in with him every, come, and come closer. Whenever you feel like you're lonely, he's closer than you know. If you turn around too fast, you might hit him. Because when you're in trouble, he comes closer. When I wanted to give my life to Jesus for real, I didn't know I stood up. He came closer. And he didn't judge me for what I did. In fact, he said, it's covered, Rich. It's covered, Rich. It's covered, Rich. And condemnation went away. Worthlessness went away. Significance, insignificance went away. And I was successful. But I had all those things that couldn't be removed. Had the best job. All those things couldn't be removed until the gospel showed up in my life. Fully submitted to the gospel. Not partially. Fully submitted. Because that's where my help comes from. How about you? How's your peace going? Wow. If you weren't at war with your family, because you're in war with yourself, you're at war with your family. Those who have not really given their life to Jesus, yeah, war constantly. Because you're warring against him who knows the best for us. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Think about it. Lack in peace? When he interrupted your life, did you ignore him? Or did you just ask for instruction, not revelation? Some of them, at the time that Jesus died on the cross, God set his plan in motion, and his day, since history is his story, you're here this morning on his plan to give your life fully to him this morning. He opened this whole door right now for you this day and say, come to me, my daughter. Come to me, my son. Stop carrying that burden that you wasn't called to carry. My son took it all. Give your life fully. Give your life fully. If that's you, 
Someone, I'm going to give my life to Jesus because he has crossed over into your heart. He's beeping, somebody's beating on your hearts right now. He's knocking at the door. And he's not desperate. He wants you not to be desperate. If that's you, wherever you are, just raise your hand. Someone, give my life to Jesus. Anybody. It's your time. Anybody. Anybody? Lord, just put on my heart for this. Some of you, so take someone back. Get your hand up. Someone's going to take you to the back. Anybody else? Let's nail it. <laughs> Lord, show me this. Some of you have punched the clock. You tithe. You do all the things because you've been working for God, but you feel so far from God right now because the devil has come in and said that you're a loser. You've never done. He's condemning you. And you feel like, I can't live a full life because I'm always feeling like I'm living life in the rear of the mirror, like I'm getting snuffed or something. So I, right now, Pastor Rich, I feel far from God right now. There's no shame in it. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. That's you. Just raise your hand wherever you are. I feel far from God. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. There's no shame in this. Come on. Don't let the devil snatch your day. The, raise, the minute you raise your hand, keep your hands up. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? It's your moment. Anyone else before I pray? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you for your people. I pray they'll know the significance of you coming to earth. They'll know the significance and let them know they're significant. Let them know they're not below, they're above with you. See with you in heavenly places. Father, I help you restore the joy of their salvation that's been, they've been robbed from them and stolen from them. Yes. Father, I pray for each and every one and raise their hand, God, yes, Lord. today. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, let them know who they are. Let them know that when you picked them, you picked them to do something special. Let them know about the mission, that they're on a mission to continue your mission. Let them know that they're, you're, they're royalty because our Father's royalty. And let, let them know, Father, they can walk under your authority and be fully submitted to you and not feel guilty. Well, this morning I just said, I declare right now, not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. Like Zacchaeus was in the tree. Hey, not, this man, man, his man, not guilty. Hey, not guilty. You need to come down with me today. 
Hey, not guilty, you need to come hang out with me today. Hey, not guilty, you need to join the D group today. Hey, guilty, I need you to show up every week and get along with people every day, every week. Hey, guilty, you're not guilty. Non-guilty, non-guilty. That's his name, man. Non-guilty, non-guilty. Yes, you might have done it, but it's been covered by the blood of Jesus. Hey, non-guilty, you're amazing. Hey, non-guilty, you are better than anyone I've ever seen. Hey, non-guilty, you are significant. Hey, non-guilty, I know you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I separate you. I set you apart to do greater things for me. Hey, non-guilty, it might seem like there's obstacles in your way, but I'm here to tell you those are obstacles to make you stronger. Hey, non-guilty, you didn't, you didn't negate the path. You're still on the path. Hey, non-guilty, there's a whole life ahead of you. He said, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And my grace is always strong because my grace never flutters. Hey, non-guilty, you're not a failure. Hey, non-guilty, that divorce was not your fault. Hey, non-guilty, you might fall, but righteous man gets up seven times. Hey, non-guilty. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Enjoy me. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. I love you because of who you are and who I am, not for what you've done. And Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord. May your amazing grace for these amazing people. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.